Hello and welcome to the Talking With podcast. Each week I'll be talking about something new with someone different. I'm your host Katie Adams and this week I'm talking job hunt with the wonderful Anna Watson. So Anna, first off, how are you today? Hello, I'm good thank you. How are you? Not seen you for a while. I know, I'm doing all right. Um, Surviving lockdown. I feel like we're getting closer to the end and then the more that happens, the longer I feel like I have been locked in the house. Yeah, um, <laughs> like, so true. <laughs> it didn't seem a long time. And then everyone's like, we can go out now. And I'm like, 14 weeks, I don't actually know how to work the front door anymore. <laughs> um, but no, doing good, apart from that. Um, so this week, we're going to be talking the graduate job hunt, which we're qualified to talk about as we are both graduates who have jobs somehow we definitely hunted for the jobs so yes yeah. <laughs> we have definitely definitely hunted for those jobs um but first off just kind of talk about your journey through like school and college and uni and like was there anywhere you kind of wanted your life to go or any careers you thought you might have wanted to do anything like that yeah um so I just went to like a normal state school um throughout and I never really enjoyed it uh, to be like brutally honest don't think it was for me um in primary school like I had one of those special needs teachers and things so I think my mum was always pretty shocked at how far I've come in life um given that um so that was a whale of a time and then in high school for my GCSE options I picked triple science history and then I did both French and Spanish languages oh my god Anna we're like twins (laughs) I know what you did the same did it you did triple science I know that triple science history and French yeah oh there we go except one of us can speak French and I cannot (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure I can anymore um (laughs) so yeah did my GCSEs and then from there I just went to our local sixth form college which is um quite a big one to be fair there was 2,000 pupils when I was there so like a thousand in each year group um, and then for my options for my A-levels I picked government and politics, English language, French and Spanish um, and just gave up on the science dream because um, <laughs> my GCSE results weren't that good. I mean they were okay um, but not in the sciences so just went on to do that. Um, I enjoyed, I think I enjoyed college a lot more than I did high school Um, because I think you drop all the subjects you don't enjoy yeah definitely yeah so like I think you know from experience that I am not mathematically minded at all Um, sadly not no yeah so (laughs) dropping that was a big help I think for me um and I absolutely loved politics um as an A level um I only did it to AS level because I didn't actually do very well in it but I did really enjoy it um, and then I started thinking about like universities and where to go um, and going through like the whole UCAS pro- uh, process. Um, and then I just kind of don't even know how I fell on it. It just came about that I do double languages, so French and Spanish um, at university. And then I always I just knew I wanted to do a really modern course as well. Um, so I just applied for those. Uh, in terms of other careers, during like primary school, I always thought I'd be a chef or a baker. You know, I love cooking. Um, you are a good baker, in all fairness. Yes, yeah, so I always thought I'd pursue that. But then I, loads of people were like, oh, it's really unsociable hours. So I didn't do that. And then when I was, I think, when do you do work experience? It's 14, isn't it? 
Um, yeah, it's like year 10, isn't it? Yeah, 14, year 15. Yeah, for my year 10 work experience, I did that in a florist and I absolutely loved it. Um, and I still to this day say maybe I should have done floristry instead. Um, so looking into doing that as like a side thing, just more of a hobby at the moment. Um, but you I have done your course it. in it though. I know. So see where that goes. Who knows? <laughs> Never know. You could be florist to the royals in 10 years time. Stop. Which I know That's would be your dream. dream. Yeah, <laughs> imagine. <laughs> um, no, I feel like mine was pretty yeah, similar, similar, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, local primary school, um, like into the local secondary school. And like from about the age of nine, I really wanted to be a doctor. Like I was really convinced I was going to do medicine. Like loved science, loved the thought of helping people. And that was like really what I wanted to do. And then, yeah, for my, like I did my work experience in a GP's practice. And I was like, yes, this is it. And it was the reason I picked French as a DCSE because at the time... <laughs> I really, I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) At the time, I was like obsessed with the prospect of going to Edinburgh University to study medicine. And I, like 15-year-old me, (laughs) no, I must have been younger, about 13, 14-year-old me, looking at the University of Edinburgh's entry requirements for a medicine degree and seeing that you had to have an A in a GCSE, um, like a language other than English at GCSE. So I did French, of course, and got a C in it because I cannot speak French. (laughs) Um, (laughs) much like the girls allowed song I can't do it it's not for me it's not my forty um and so the pipe dream of medicine at Edinburgh came crashing down but like I did my triple science GCSEs like French um and French history RA and then had like beta qualifications in ICT and all that um went on to again I went to like a sixth form college I didn't go to a sixth form because I don't know I didn't mind school like I'd always been like gifted and talented top sets like not that I hadn't tried mm-hmm. but as long as I put a little bit of work in I got it and it made sense and I was like oh my god I'm so clever I'm so genius it's not See, the I'm just at all. completely the opposite in that respect like I'll get something and then it comes to the exam and I don't know what happens to me and it just I mean, it's never reflected in my results ever. that happened to me more and more as I left secondary school yeah um and like that was the thing like when I got to um sixth form I was still very much like you know realistically I was an Oxbridge candidate which Anna when you hear that and think of me now is that not <laughs> most the most ridiculous statement you've heard no because I do <laughs> I do actually think I'm going to compliment you, which is rare for me. I do actually think you're one of the cleverest people I know. However, you don't know that many people then. Anna. I don't. I don't know. I just don't think you'd enjoy Oxbridge. I just don't know if that's very you. I mean, yeah, sixteen-year-old me was a different, different person to twenty-four-year-old me. Are they like swagging around in those gowns? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been acting like I was on the set of Harry Potter, definitely. Yeah. Or like Mamma Mia too. <laughs> oh my god, imagine. Yeah. <laughs> the dream. Um, but yeah, like I was I was technically an Oxbridge candidate. Medicine was still on the table. And I my A levels I did um or my AS levels rather, I did biology, chemistry, um, maths and psychology. And bear in mind, like I had an A in maths, a GCSE. I got a U in my AS levels of maths like someone wrote gave up on their exam halfway through and started writing high school musical lyrics in the answer boxes 
and they got more marks than I did on that paper. It would <laughs> took the full amount of time and try to answer every question. And I've never had a more demoralising moment in my life than getting those <laughs> results back. I tell you that. But yeah, the dream kind of came crashing down very quickly. And like I had a really kind of reboot going into like A2 um, and second year of A-levels because all of a sudden it was very clear I wasn't going to be a doctor um, because I was yeah. doing a general general studies A, a level. <laughs> which... I, well, you had to do that at my college, you know. Well, yeah, but like, about... Anna, that's one of my three A-levels. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's true. <laughs> like, no medical school has taken that. Um, <laughs> I don't which... know if I ever told you about, did the general studies paper too? Uh-huh. It was like a maths one and I didn't go to any general studies lessons. Um, they were a bit of a write-off in all fairness well mine was Friday at nine o'clock and I was just like no not a vibe yeah so um I turned up to this paper and everyone was like oh where's your calculator and like your protractor or whatever it is I was like oh what are you on about like oh it's a maths paper and I was like oh no no one told me um (laughs) so I just had to sit there I think I borrowed a calculator from someone and I remember like the the questions (laughs) I just feel like I couldn't understand the words or numbers that were on the page if it makes you feel better Anna when I was in like university in third year of my biology degree I turned up for a paper what was the module it was something like um applied genetics and analytical methods and we turned up and it was an online exam so like we were all sat in the computer room and everyone was pulling out calculators and I this is a bit odd isn't it um (laughs) and then I look at the questions when I start it up and it's all like a really heavy data handling which I don't know why I was shocked by that. Um, so I was trying to do like standard deviation on the computer's calculator and it just wasn't working. So if it makes you feel better. I made a bigger mess of that. I think you do it <laughs> once in your life, don't you? You do never learn. do it again. From that point, I always had three scientific calculators in my bag. <laughs> just in case. You still do <laughs> now. You went to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> I can work out this bill, guys. It's on me. <laughs> um, but no, the dream kind of came crashing down. And Although it was really horrible to feel that badly, in a way I'm kind of glad I did feel that badly because I'd never really had big failure before. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd maybe been a little bit disappointed at the grade I'd gotten, which, oh, I wished I could have got the one above, could have had a couple more marks, but it's nothing bad. But, like, my ES level results, I got two Cs and E and a U, and I was like, oh, <laughs> this is not what I want. This is not what I planned. And much like Sharpie, I do have to say, I don't understand. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, it was bizarre. From there, I somehow managed to pick myself up and get, like, into uni on a three-year degree um, for biology. Um, and I think for the longest time, I was just so relieved I'd gone to a degree. Um, and I was, like, so happy to be studying it. Because at uni, like, you do kind of lose track of time a bit I think like all of a sudden it's you get there it's September all of a sudden it's April you've sat your exams for the year and you've that's it partied a bit and you're like where has this first year gone and then yeah, that only happens it's... two more times and you're like oh my god I need to be employed come September um mm-hmm. so my kind of for hunting for graduate jobs I did start looking and I just couldn't find what I wanted to do or one that I was really vibing with. And I think I was quite scared of rejection at that point. Like, I didn't want to sit and apply for those because I thought they're all going to say no. And I, how do I take no when I've done three years 
like at a university but realistically all this schooling done all this and came to uni and I'm not going to be able to get a job any better than yeah. if I hadn't gone like I could have gone and done an apprenticeship or something else so that was partly why I chose to do a master's and I did a master's in a very different field as well because I did think I, I love biology and I loved my degree and I loved learning it but I did think that it's weird because your course mates are your friends and then all of a sudden it gets to like April of third year and you start realising these are my competition now. Yeah, definitely. And you love them all dearly, but you start thinking like, oh my God, they're they're applying for grad schemes. Has anyone else started applying (laughs) for grad schemes? And then someone's like, I've got an interview with so-and-so and you're like, oh my God, good luck, well done. And then you're like, oh my God, I am not prepared. Where's my CV? You can't find it. It's a mess. Um. I don't even have a CV that isn't from when I had a job for uni. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Or that personal statement you wrote for UCAS to get in, which is like a bad template for a personal statement. Which you just like you bigging yourself up. For yeah, like you'd never write one like that anywhere else. Um, But yeah, so like I went on and I purposely, I did what I'm really good at and I avoided the problem and put it off for a year by doing a master's. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it was kind of worse because all of a sudden I just aggravated the issue and like my master's was in a very different field than what my undergraduate degree was so then all of a sudden the people I was competing with so like my master's was forensic accounting the people I was competing with had accounting degrees and then a master's in forensic accounting and I was like hello I did biology and then swapped <laughs> um, and now I do this um, that being said I did do the civil service fast stream and got quite far in that, but that was a traumatic experience in and of itself. Um, (laughs) But we'll we'll come on application processes in a bit. But kind of working post-uni, I think we both got a grad job, which um, it was a grad job in its name, but it wasn't like a scheme or anything. And I think it's important to kind of say there's jobs for graduates that are just like literally you need well, a degree to get this job yeah and then there's schemes that are going to develop you and it's really important to try and find the right thing like I don't know if you've got anything you want to say on that yeah definitely so I think our final years were probably you obviously did a master's and for me I came back from a year abroad um which could be a whole other podcast in itself uh, <laughs> so I came back from a year abroad and then our course it was really small but we were also combined with the language students who also study business as like a joint honors yeah. um so they were always really focused on the grad scheme so we came back from year abroad and our course would host all these alumni events to meet people who had like studied and then gone on from our particular courses to get jobs or to start companies. Um, and I never felt comfortable at them, which is so strange because I can speak to anybody, you know that. You genuinely <laughs> like, can. Yeah, like genuinely, any stranger I'll speak to. Um, but I just hated them. They made me feel so stressed. Um, and then the other thing that happened in our course, it was quite competitive in terms of grades and stuff like that. And there'd be people on our course, particularly the business students who'd be like how many grad schemes have you applied for and me and all of my friends were just like no none none yet um 
and I tomorrow's feel like, problem <laughs> yeah like none of us knew what we wanted to do so we hadn't really applied for things and it's all worked out fine now I'd just like to add that in there um so I did apply for one graduate scheme um and I got quite far in it so I had the telephone interview well wrote the application had the telephone interview and then I had to go and work there for a day which is fairly common I think on these things isn't it yeah um and it was just such a disaster so it was like the hottest day of the year and you're in your business suit trying to look your best um I got sent to the wrong office to work in so it looked like I was late by two hours but the actual email luckily said go to this place yeah um and then I had to work there and then have an interview with an area manager and it just as I sat there I just thought really this isn't this isn't for me so I think in some respects those days are quite good because you do get a feel for it and I just knew I wouldn't be happy there um nevertheless it was still disappointing when I didn't get it um and I think the thing that annoyed me most about it was I had to have a 40 minute telephone interview to tell me I didn't get the job oh my god so I just feel like it's just insult the injury isn't it I would be like please email me this feedback because I'm not taking it in right now (laughs) and then the girl who did it was like uh how do you think you did? And I was like, well, I don't want to, I don't think I did very well, but I'm obviously not going to say that to you, but then I don't really know what to say. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was kind of my only experience of graduate schemes. Because um, after that, I just thought, I don't think they are for me, um, particularly. So, yeah. Um, no, I was on the, I applied for the civil service fast stream, which is like, ridiculously competitive in and of itself and it's such a good scheme isn't it oh yeah like if you get that you're pretty much set for life if you want to be to be honest um I did not get it (laughs) 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 just to pop that out there um no like I think because you can apply for a few different strands and there's I feel like there's maybe 30 strands there might be more there might be less but you can apply for a few different ones and the one I got through on was the government statistical service, which again, and I would like to hark you back to the fact that I got a U in ES maths. But yeah. he has me rolling up to the uh, assessment centre for um, the government statistical service, which sometimes I think the country's in a bad way. And then I remember if I'd got that job, it could have been in an even worse way. You um, are good spreadsheets there. I, will, I, will I do love that. an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. That's what my master's gave me, spreadsheet confidence. <laughs> um it was worth the nine grand do you know what I mean yeah <laughs> every penny <laughs> I know on the shortcuts now um but yeah like that was insane so like you apply and you go through and you see like the, the schemes you want to apply for and then if I remember correctly they make you do like you know them aptitude tests where it's like that they're, they're kind of almost testing your personality yeah and it's like and I'm like do I do I be what I think they want me to be? Or are they trying to see if I'm trying to be what they want me to be? And you end up like triple bluffing yourself. Yeah, is um, it a trick or is it... Like I get very myself? stressed doing them, like literal stress sweats. Yeah, Because definitely. like they're timed and you're going through. And again, you know me, I can't do anything till the deadline is there. So all the stages of these interviews, of this process, I was like always coming in at the last minute and I don't know why I do it to myself, but it's the only time I can do anything productive. Um. But yeah, you do that, and then there was a, um, there was that. There was another test. There was a judgment test, so situational judgment. Mm-hmm. There was a one. 
where like it gave you different scenarios and you had to read through them and like it was about like something has happened in a um, embassy in this country blah 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 and I was like look I've applied for the government statistical service I don't know what you're getting at here but this is as great fun as this sounds it's not what I applied for um <laughs> not sure I'll be in an embassy <laughs> yeah like again you're really putting me above my station here um <laughs> but yeah they go through all of that and then there's a video interview but like it's is this not the one where it like fires the question at you and then f- films you yeah so yeah I ask the question at you it gives you it's either 10 seconds or 30 seconds to come up with a response and then you like literally just have to talk and I'm rambling peak rambling you know me I'll just yeah. ramble on till I think I've said what needs to be said um but yeah so there was me in one of the pods at the library like 9 a.m scratchy jeans and a dress shirt and blazer like for this video <laughs> interview um like and it's it's so stressful and again I could feel myself getting because it was heading towards summer and it was one of the years where we had the heat wave so like even in the spring it was boiling and I was just like oh my god I've straightened my hair but I can feel it starting to curl and I'm absolutely sweating like I look a state on this camera yeah like it was bad somehow they then took me to the assessment center um which like luckily near where we live there is um the the civil service test center um which meant I didn't have to travel far like some people had traveled up overnight some people had had to stay in hotels um, and like you don't get money back for that as well I think that's an important thing to talk about like you're applying for these jobs often you come in at the end of your student finance money and then all of a sudden you haven't fork out hundreds of pounds for like travel a new outfit a hotel and it's like insane the amount of money you have to spend on trying to get a job like, yeah, like being considered yeah yeah like, and some places like some places are nice and they'll re- like recoup what you've um like spent but some places are just like no that's that's on that, you that's you yeah um but i just got the metro up um <laughs> <laughs> great and honestly that test center was probably one of the most stressful experiences of my life and I knew I hadn't got it like straight away like I knew it was horrific but I was in a suit and like you say it was boiling like it was a boiling day I'd walked from the metro center from the metro station in the heat I was like oh my god I just feel a state there's like really high security because it's a civil service area so like it's the government and I was like there was like men like security guard men stopping us every five minutes I was like I can't do this I am stressed I didn't handle the day the worst out of everyone though I didn't handle it badly I just didn't do well but someone literally left one of the tests crying like literally stood up got out because you all get put in this you get split into like three groups um and like group one will be on the computers doing something then there's like an interview um and then there's like a a challenge task uh, where you have to talk through you get given a scenario again and you have to talk through kind of what you've chosen to do and why um and it was the computer one and like I could hear sniffling and then this person just got up out of their seat like they'd obviously been sobbing silently oh, no. floods of tears down their face and just left <laughs> and they did not come back and that was the first part of the day um but so I do fact- think a lot of that though is you get like when you're at uni I don't know if you agree with me here like I did quite well at uni surprisingly I don't really know where it came from like I did class yeah, first and stuff and um and then you go from that to all of a sudden it's so difficult to even get to that stage you were at yeah 
Lord and I think the expectations you have like finishing uni are so much higher than potentially what's reality in a way oh yeah because so, like when uni gets sold to you it basically basically gets sold to you as you're going to go and do this degree and you're going to come out with all the job opportunities in the world and you're going to have this high paying job and you're going to be living the life and actually it's just stress because I think partly that person had just put so much pressure on themselves and like that happens in other situations as well yeah but there's there's huge bits of data that show like it's like the depression rates in graduates um like the depression and anxiety rates are so high because a lot of them don't come out in the good graduate jobs they're like barely stringing it together because the market's almost kind of saturated now and education has become less about the pursuit of knowledge and more about I'm going to get more qualified for this job but everyone is now getting more qualified for this job and there's not more jobs so it, it is really hard but you do put the pressure on yourself and that is when you feel yourself starting to not perform in the yeah. in the way you can um but yeah application processes I always found for all the ones I apply to are some of the most tedious things like even just the initial application before you do any tests or anything like that I don't know about what you found yeah I just find from the few times like I have been well since graduating that I have been applying for jobs it is almost a full-time job in itself applying for jobs so yeah your CV that takes like a while to get to a good standard but once that's there that's okay then for every job it requires a covering letter then all of the jobs I'm thinking of like my most recent experiences with it all of the jobs I applied for needed me to do aptitude tests all of which would take about like 20-30 minutes and normally there was two or three and then after yeah. that, you have to wait. And then I think I think recently, because I um, have been, well, I was unemployed from August of last year till September. No, earlier July to September, like two months I had off, I think. Can't really remember now. Um, <laughs> it's all a blur. <laughs> it's all a blur. All a chaotic blur. Um, so I think it just took so long. I think I must have applied for like 60 jobs. One of them wanted me to do a video presentation, but it had to be a selfie. What, Like, what is that? Um, <laughs> talking about myself. Um, and then I had to upload it to YouTube and send this company the link. That was strange. Um, so I think I, I must have applied for, I'd say, 60, if not more, jobs. And then I heard back from maybe five um and that wasn't always an interview sometimes that's just further testing um but I, ju- I just personally don't think I do well at the aptitude tests um I don't know what I do wrong and I've done they so are many complicated ones. yeah and I think I just like freak myself out almost I'm like is this a trick it's because <laughs> a lot of them are timed as well and you think yeah. oh my god I need to be getting through this like definitely um so it's just so hard isn't it really and I think I think as well, like even making your CV in the right format is just such another big thing. Um, because you know I had many breakdowns about that. Um, yeah, this and summer. like there's not a there's not a stand like when you apply for jobs and for grad schemes and grad jobs, some places I'll be like, look, just upload your CV, and they are the real MVPs because yeah, thank you for letting yeah. me just put this document in. Other places are like they'll ask you. I remember I applied for one. 
and it was at a lab and it's like a big pharmaceutical company and they can have the pick of the bunch so you understand why they do it mm-hmm. but like it asked eight questions and you had to answer them in order and like get feedback so they'd either let you go continue on after you'd answer these questions and put your like cv and personal profile in but it was like each of those questions was like a 500 word answer now that sounds a lot and it is if you think about it but also yeah. like i know some places where they'd ask like eight questions and they'd want two thousand words for each of them like that's and you're replying to these the deadlines always around exam deadlines or yeah. like coursework deadlines and as you see it is like having another full-time job like it's like insane to expect that much um but yeah so you had to do like your answers and then you were allowed to put your cv in some places never ask for your cv they ask you to like put it in in different formats and like the last question's like oh what's your education experience and you have to type it in the worst way and yeah. even just the like even the stuff you know the answer to like your name you did with your email like where no, you went to school what what you <laughs> bit touchy is that an i or is it a y yeah. um but like even that like the format isn't just like look please can I upload my CV that has all of this information on no pick from the drop down boxes yeah oh my god and it is just the most monotonous exercise and then quite often their favorite response is um unfortunately you've not made it any further but you high level of just like applicants were not able to give you feedback Feedback. oh so annoying I've spent three days answering these questions for you and you can't even tell me what I did wrong yeah the worst thing for me was when I was applying for all of these jobs like I applied for so many and when you're seeing that over and over again you're like am I making one key mistake yeah like is it me or is this just somebody better than me what like is it something I'm doing wrong because I could do with knowing rather than keeping applying in the same way yeah and I think that's personally when I went and took advice from other places because I was getting so worried about it um so me and you both went well you came with me um to see the kind of oh what do you call them um, careers person yeah careers Advisor. person yeah so um she went through my cv and then I also spoke to somebody who used to work in hr as well which was really beneficial and they just kind of said here's a few things that you could do better or lay it out clear and things like that so that helped but I think without that you just get into this kind of void of worry about everything you're doing so yeah yeah and I do think it as I said it does come at such a stressful time that like when it's happening it does start it can really easily spiral you down and really start having an impact and like as you see your course mates start becoming competitors but even people who aren't on your course like it I found it really difficult. My friends were getting grad schemes and grad jobs. And of course, I was so proud of them and so happy for them, like ecstatic. But it did always keep like, At it was like, time. it was dwindling down. Like there was 30 people who needed jobs and then there was 20 yeah. and then there was 10. And like, then I was one of the last. And like, it was me and um, one of my friends, James. And like, we literally had like the conversation with each other. where like, we feel terrible people because we're obviously really happy mm-hmm. and really proud of our friends but we also feel like like rubbish because we've not got the job lined up and like and the moment of relief when you finally do get that job um because like the job where we were together and I applied for that job twice and the first time I got in we didn't get it yeah and the and the second time apparently I'd acted on the feedback and I had physically tried to act on the feedback but I thought I'd done worse the second time around because I thought 
like I'd got two in my own head and was mm-hmm. thinking about it too much that it didn't come across natural but it worked you know we got employed for a year and that's the dream um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but it is it is so so hard and the application process can be so so draining and as you and, say like if you've applied at 30 40 50 60 yeah it's it does take a huge like chunk out of you each rejection as well I think what I found as well is for, I just felt it was a very lonely process like I I felt like I was the only person in the world going through that but I know I know it like that wasn't the case but all my yeah. friends had jobs and all my friends seem to have done amazingly well so I'm so proud of them but at the same time I've never really known what path to take I think one of the biggest things I've struggled with is I just don't know what I want to be like I, I don't have a career set out I just don't know what I'm doing and I think that started really when graduation happened and everyone's yeah. so happy for you and you celebrating and like I found out I got a first and everyone's like oh so what next and you're like oh yeah what next like this has ended hasn't it um, yeah. and I think that's when it kind of starts happening and then when I was more recently employed so I'd been working for two years after graduating in the higher education sector um with you for a year um the dream team the dream team dynamic table that's <laughs> um and I think I, that's when I actually felt more most pressurized and everyone was like so do you know what you want to do now and I was like oh no not not really just gonna see what happens which is still kind of my philosophy um but I think everyone means it in the nicest possible way but they give you suggestions so oh have you thought about event planning have you thought about catering or have you thought about being a teacher and they mean it nicely but I think that's when I felt added pressure or I'd go and see like my mum's friends and they meant it in the nicest way have you heard any news yet from any of the jobs just and having to reply no nothing yet Uh, but they don't mean it maliciously they just want the best for you but at the same time I think that added so much pressure to how I felt um but I think that was more me taking it that way rather than no like happening it is like my mum my mum would always ask I'd always be like oh please don't ask me this question but like me and like my friend James as I say like especially when he like he went back to Leeds after uni Mm -hmm. um and like he waited a little while to get the job he wanted as well but like he's got it now and he's absolutely thriving in it um I think that's another thing as well like sometimes you are gonna have to wait a little bit of time for that like dream job or whatever it is you want to come up and like don't be afraid to do that um but like everyone always asks oh how's he has he got a bit and I'm like I don't know I haven't asked him and they're like well why not you're his friend and I'm like because that question killed me every time I heard it and I like if I'm having a conversation with him, I don't want to make him feel worse by asking that question. And he was the same with me. Like, yeah, it was very much like if there's news, we'll I'll tell you there's you. news. Yeah, um, which I think is is the way to be. But it is hard because like when the shoe's on the other foot, you do find yourself wanting to go. Oh, how are things going? Like, do you need a hand with anything? <laughs> blah blah blah. Um, but yeah, I think what you said about not knowing where you want to go is such a like an important point like I still really didn't um but I think it's so hard because like we expect kids to like make their GCSE choices and from that point realistically know their career path and where they want to go and like that's absolutely ridiculous because like I always thought I was so mature but I'm not the person I was at 16 
like no. no way at all and I'm happy about that like <laughs> I've done some growing I've done some maturing we've like got some things um I think I'm worse now than I was at 16 I think no, I was a nicer person not possible I mean <laughs> we won't comment we won't comment, we won't comment. <laughs> <laughs> um but I think yeah I think one of the biggest things it is part of the stress of buying time for a graduate job as well you're kind of thinking Oh, I'll get this and then I'm locked in this sector and I think it's important to know that you're not because every job is going to give you it's our favorite term Anna transferable skills transferable skills. get them transferable skills out every job like your degree is going to give you them uh, jobs are like you don't have to stay locked in the career if you want and I think that's part of the fear of applying for a grad job or a grad scheme like you do think this is it for me now like this is where I'm going to work and I think that was the thing for me as well when I was applying for some jobs like I was I'd done a lot of work in the SU in like liberation campaigns and representation and things like that and I was like oh I might want to work for like a non-profit and like policy jobs things like that which I'd never shown an inkling to before I'd always been I want to do science and I do love science I loved it then I still love it now but I'd never really I didn't have any experience so I got through into some interviews because I had transferable skills and wrote about them. But I think it's just important to kind of make note that A, you're not locking yourself into anything, but B, don't worry too much. Like mm-hmm. apply to something because they'll decide if you're qualified enough or exactly. if you've got the things you need. Like it's not up to you. You put your hat in the ring and they'll do what they want to do. Because some places actually love that you've got a varied background and that you've done something slightly different. Um no. <laughs> looks good on stats or something. Yeah. Because <laughs> um I think that's the other thing. I've applied for jobs, which are literally jobs I have done before. Yeah. Just in a different company or whatever. And I haven't got anywhere with that. And at the time I've been like, but I've literally done this job before. And then the job I do now, I've never done anything like it. Nor do I know anyone that does. Um, And I absolutely love it. But I still don't know why they picked me. I'm grateful that they did. (laughs) Grateful every day. Because the girls are getting paid. (laughs) Grateful. Um, But... It, yeah it's nothing I've ever done before and I knew nothing about kind of the sector I'm in now so it just goes so just apply and then like you said they'll they'll kind of see what happens and I think the other thing is as well um and I know you're the same I've had a job since I was 13 like I've always worked yeah so when all of a sudden you graduate and like oh I've only got more skills I think that's another added thing into that you're like well I've worked before why can I now not get jobs but it's just a whole different level you're applying at really yeah and I do think it's so important that would be like some advice I have for anybody going forward just try and work as much as you can because if I didn't have the job that I had in university I wouldn't have got the job I did after I graduated um so you never know where stuff will take you I think yeah and the links it can give you as well like sometimes links are important like I've just qualified as a teacher but mm-hmm. like placements didn't go well on where I was studying like they didn't have placements for me but like I'd through the work I'd done in the SU I'd been invited back to my old school to talk and like I had teacher links there at that school then so when the placements fell through I could go to that school and be like oh could you take me for my placement please and like luckily they did and they were incredible um and honestly the team was so great there but like that wouldn't have came to fruition if you if I hadn't been like making those things so like literally just work every avenue you can yeah because you don't know what it's going to throw up it might be something you find useful in 20 years time it might be something that's useful tomorrow but like just try everything like 
every opportunity through uni anyway because like uni is something you only do properly once once like, yeah as i say i went back and did my pgca it's a really different experience like mm-hmm. it's, it's completely different but like that stereotypical uni life is only something to do once so like like do it properly take advantage of everything so like get involved in the students union do society stuff have nights out like but get involved as well in like the academic side of things as well um like as you say you went to see the careers person like go and see the careers person go and see like they get paid to do that so go and take advantage of that um because your fees are paying for it anyway (laughs) And I think as well, like also just don't be, I think at uni, don't just like, don't be scared to ask questions because you never know like where they'll get you. And, yeah. And like, I don't even know, like the job I do now, like I have such a vast knowledge of various stuff. Um, <laughs> you really that do. I just, <laughs> that I just didn't ever think I'd have. But like having studied like for example French politics at uni some of that kind of links into what I do now so just ask questions I think and being like intuitive and read stuff and just like enjoy it while you can because like you say you'll never be able to go back and do it again yeah um, and I loved uni and I think you did as well I did um, I miss it I miss it um especially like going out on Wednesday <laughs> Sports night. Sports night. But um, but yeah, um, it's it's a good opportunity I think to yeah. kind of as well work out what you enjoy doing. So I think that's mainly what I used it for. So like I enjoy politics. I linked that into my languages degree and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes. <laughs> but um, like yeah, like you said, like ask and even like ask literally about jobs and careers, like. Mm-hmm. I, the, my favorite thing about where we studied was like every lecturer I had through my undergrad and through my master's had none of them were career academics they uh-huh. all had like real world experience in the field so like you could go and talk to them and they'd be like it was really great because you were learning about how things happened in industry but also when you went and talked to them like they had practical advice for like well if you're applying for this company you need to be like this blah 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 um and like the, if you went and asked like they would have sat and had a cup with you and talked about their career and like things and like gave you advice and things like that which is again don't be scared of your lecturers like they'll love the opportunity to have a cup or in a chat take them up on it have them office hours get in there I mean yeah I still talk to mine to be fair um I always bump in there like I had my dissertation supervisor who was the loveliest man Vinka Vinkanook oh he's gem um and like whenever I bump into him he always gives us a hug and he's like how are you and I'm like I just feel I don't know he's always so proud and so happy I feel like I've achieved something whenever I see him everyone needs that every now and then don't they I know they do but um I'm trying to think like other advice have a for me having a base cv that I could change up depending on what I was like applying for so like if it was something that was kind of management if it was something that was research it was something that was policy or like a non-profit I could like change it up but the base plate never changed you would just add more in in certain sections that were relevant yeah like take a little bit out or yeah yeah definitely and I think as well one thing I've kind of learned the hard way through my own fault is just fully reading the job spec even if it's like eight pages long (laughs) yes because I did go to a couple of interviews, it is really bad, and I just actually didn't really know what the job was. Um, <laughs> Why would you like this role? I would like to get paid, please. <clears throat> I know one of the interviews I went for, I didn't 
it was through an agency, which is just a whole other scheme of thing. Yeah. Um, so I just sent them that my CV and they kind of apply on your behalf. And it was a job I ended up doing for a while. Um, luckily, don't anymore. Um, but um, they kind of applied for the job and I went to this interview and I still, nobody had told me what the job was. So I'm trying to pick up things the interviewers are saying and like answering all these questions. And um, I wear glasses normally for some reason. I just didn't put my glasses in my bag. And at the end of this interview, they just whipped out an exam with a calculator. <laughs> and I was like, I can't even see it. Like this exam paper. <laughs> Never mind <laughs> what's written on it. <laughs> yeah. So I was just like, oh gosh, don't really know what to do from here. Um, somehow passed it though, so... Got that, that job and got it. that job um and again got that job it wasn't for me but learned many great things from it so, so if you are desperate for employment in the tiny area um yeah. just contact anna and she'll send you she'll send you the job application because if they're there <laughs> in, they'll let anyone <laughs> oh dear um i'm trying to think what else i a big bit of advice for me, I think we've already touched on it, is I don't get too caught up on how everyone else is doing because oh, it will yeah. literally just make you feel worse. And I think that's something, like, even taking that away from just applying for grad schemes and things like that, like, in your life as well, like, if it comes to relationships, people getting houses, people having kids, getting engaged, whatever, like, anything like that, like, you're, I feel like I'm more queer, right? You're doing things at your pace. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my oh, caramel here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, don't get because I think that was a big issue for me and it made me feel worse and because I felt worse I couldn't even look at applications for a while because uh-huh. part of it was like what is the point what is the point I'm going to do all this not even going to get back to us so don't get too caught up on how everyone else is doing and maybe have like a day a week where you're like right Saturday Sunday is my application day I'm going to look at the applications I've got the things I need to do mm-hmm. see if I've got any feedback and like have a schedule for it set out so that you're not constantly like oh I need to do more applications I need to do more applications I need to do more applications you'll be like it's not Saturday so I'm not doing applications today Definitely. Um, obviously you need to keep an eye because some people some companies have put them on and they'd have like a two-day window and you're like what I've only just seen the the yeah. thing and it's gone <laughs> <laughs> um, um, what I found with that though is I kind of got a calendar just for applications and I'd see the ones I wanted to apply for or save the like links to them in a word document and then I'd put a calendar of when it ended yeah um and then I'd make sure like oh my calendar I'd also do like do application on this day check it and then put it in um because at one point I was missing a lot of jobs and they just go and you're like I swear I saw that the other day yeah Um, so yeah and I think as well like I think we're very similar in terms of I think we're both our biggest critics I think we both put so much pressure on like ourselves. Definitely. So it's just kind of taking a step back and it might take you six months to find the job that you want. Um, and you might have to do a job that you never thought you'd do in the interim. But again, you'll only gain experience from that. So if if you're not getting the job that you want, then lower your bar a bit, do something in the interim. And then you'll never know where that might lead you as well yeah again it is that pressure to to come out of university and be like achieving straight away like big 30 35k salary like all things like you know someone where like when your mom stops to talk to her friend in tesco she's fully like thinking about arcady um it's always tesco isn't it 
I know. Which, I don't know why I always say it. I think it's because I work there, even though we're yes. shopping as there. I don't know why I'm at B in Tesco. Um, but I think another bit of advice is like utilize every bit of uh, like resource you can find. So again, if you've made those links through uni or through jobs you've had, like go and use them. Go and use the careers advisors like you did. Talk to your lecturers. Um, like create a LinkedIn profile and yeah. just like, especially as a student, loads of professionals are really receptive. Like if you put out a post like saying what's your advice on things like this people will reply and really get involved I did that when I was going for my interview for my place on my PGCA I did it on Facebook um and I was like oh qualified teachers people who've done PGCAs and I had like 40 50 comments from people like oh do this make sure you do this don't do this things like that and like literally shy Ben's getting out just ask a question what's the worst that can happen it gets one response um but yeah use like all the resources you can and then I even used you didn't I to be honest I know which I don't know why you thought I was a resource <laughs> I, was to just, I was just like please <laughs> please help me because I was getting so stressed about everything and I think you're one of the very few people I actually listen to and can calm me down in situations I, yeah I do think in so like sometimes yeah. the limit of what I advised you in help was just I'd send you a meme <laughs> yeah <laughs> that um, was all I had for you that day yeah but that helped you know so I sent you like my CV and my cover letters and I was just like please can you just see if there's anything glaringly obvious and then you sent me ones that you'd done back so I think asking your friends as well if they've got jobs which can take a lot I think um you know just say like please can you have a look over stuff and even as well not even about what you've written about yourself or what you've done just simple things such as like spelling and grammar checks yeah, because if you've read over your CV 10 times in a row, you're not picking up on that fault anymore. It's all, you're reading it exactly the same every time, I promise you. Exactly. Um, and you need a fresh pair of eyes just to be like, oh, you missed a comma here, or you've not yeah. capsized this letter. Just little things like that that can actually make such a difference. Yeah. And again, like like you say, like ask, ask friends for what they've done, because I guarantee you that they'll be like, oh, yeah, sure, no worries. None of them are like, oh as if they've asked me for that like no one's like that and if they are don't be their friend because they're not good people it's literally like the thought of asking for that and haven't asked for it is like the fear that is the fear there but actually no one else is thinking anything of it um because if you think about it I've, I've had loads of times like oh do you want to see my cv like someone i know's thinking about applying for teaching and I was like oh I'll send you my personal statement I'll send through it's something you offer to do so yeah. loads of people offer so don't be upset or afraid or scared of asking and I think that like I have no experience of teaching but like three of my friends have now gone on to teach training so when I knew you were applying I was like can anybody help her in any way like just give any (laughs) advice lord send her some help I knew you'd do well but I just was like (laughs) as much as you can help out I think is always great and I think people are always happy to help as well that's what you need to remember I feel oh, yeah. like oh it'd be such a big burden asking someone to read through cover letters and stuff but more often than not they're like oh yeah of course we'll like anything to help you yeah um so I think and that's people... definitely a takeaway thing as well yeah and people always know people like you said they're like you new teachers yeah um and like different careers like someone always knows someone should do just talk about it like and I think it's important to to kind of think that just because you like for a while I was like I haven't got this job it must be me Mm -hmm. 
and it's not it's so many no. people and it's not a personal thing like these big corporations a lot of people apply to like there's no personal touch it's not you personally they're looking for a very specific set of parameters and you might not fit it but you and a lot of people don't fit it so that's okay but like talking about it as well and not being afraid like don't see it as a failure it's just like because you've not failed you've just not found what you want yet or found the right thing like and I think as well likewise one of the things my sister said to me and it's still like I still stick with it um is if you do get a job and perhaps it wasn't one that you thought you were going to do and you're just not enjoying it, don't be afraid. Just keep on moving and using those skills you get. Because I said, like, I think I put so much pressure on myself, like I've said. Um, And I just was like, I'm never going to get a job that I enjoy. And my sister was like, just do what you can. Like, just keep on moving wherever you're not happy. Just just keep trying until you find something you like. and I do actually really enjoy the job I do now. It can be stressful at times, but it has worked for me. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's yeah. the other thing as well. Just take as much as you can from every job you do and use it to get to somewhere where you think, actually, I'm really happy there now. Yeah. And don't don't think you're stuck somewhere, either a certain company or a certain field. Like, yeah. know that you can move about. Um, And the last bit of advice I've got, because we kind of touched on it a bit earlier, about, like, costs of applying and stuff. Oh, but yeah. like make sure like you've got like a base outfit like oh, whether yeah. it's a small pair of pants or a smart skirt or a smart like business dress or whatever mm-hmm. like something you've got like invest in it at the start of third year realistically when that first student loan payment comes in go and get it like you could go and get it out of Primark and it probably won't cost you more than 50 quid you can get a nice suit out of Next for 100 pound I know that is a lot of money still for some people but like invest in it then mm-hmm. and then it can just be that you do grab a fresh new shirt out of Primark for three pound four pound when you're like going to a new interview but if you invest in it beforehand it's one less thing to stress about when those interviews do start coming up because when I started getting interviews I was like oh my god I don't have anything appropriate for an in- like I have no like smart clothes for an interview because I as you know and I am a very casual person <laughs> very like, casual too casual really <laughs> what do you mean I can't wear jeans to this event I'm not turning up anymore <laughs> um, I have some like advice linked to that so one thing that I found is if you buy an outfit check you can sit down and <laughs> Sorry, yes so oh my god yes because I bought this pencil skirt for one of my interviews and it looked really like it did look nice stunning fierce yeah and I had like a little blazer with it and then I got to the interview and like I just had to kind of fall into the chair because like I couldn't <laughs> like sit down nicely because obviously you get a bit bigger everywhere when you sit down that yes. paints a lovely picture doesn't it and then <laughs> The other thing I found is just don't wear stupid shoes. So, like, if you can't walk in heels, just don't wear them. Because for some reason, wherever they interview you, it's slippy, I found. <laughs> yeah, there's always, like, a smooth floor. Yeah, like a I lino. Do, just floor. put carpets in buildings, please. Yeah. For the love of God. So just make sure you can floor. walk in your shoes as well. So I've started just wearing, like, brokes to interviews instead of, like, a heel and things. Yeah, wear them in. Have blister plasters if you need them. Mm-hmm. Check it's all good. Um, check you feel comfortable in it as well. Yeah. And, like, I mean, as you see, we've both had interviews where we've got there and I've been like I am sweating yeah so like make sure it's not too worn or similarly if you like interviewing in winter make sure it's not too cold take a coat mm-hmm. like they'll have somewhere for you to hang that it's fine 
that's it yeah and take like a smart bag as well yeah I had like a a rucksack I have a bottle satchel which I use for interviews and that's like that was my investment bag and I paid a hundred pound for that about I got in the sale paid a hundred quid for it and I was like this is ridiculous I shouldn't pay a hundred pound for a bag but I got that three four years ago I got it when I was in uni and it lasts like I it does last because it's like proper lovely leather and I'll make sure I treat it right but like I wear that like I take that to every interview yeah and like always have a a spare copy of whatever you've told them about yourself and sometimes (laughs) whether it's your cv whether it's your answers to the questions you gave whatever it is like make sure you've got a copy of that yeah your passport and then obviously I've learned from that surprise exam always take glasses and a pen if you wear glasses obviously don't yeah if you think you're gonna need calc take a calc like just have one in your bag have three in your bag like you do anything yeah I always take water, but most interviews will give you water. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wouldn't worry too much, but I always take make sure I've got a bottle of water. And I'm notoriously bad in interviews, hence why I had to apply twice for the job that Anna and I worked at together. <laughs> um, but, like, again, I get too much in my head, and then I'm, I start rambling. So what I do is I take in a notepad and a pen, and, like, I write the question down, and they're never going to, like, be bad about that it gives you a little bit of time to like come up with your answer as well so like write the question down if you've got ideas of what you want to talk about write them down as well because sometimes if you've got a few different things to say by the time you finish talking in detail about one because let's be real a graduate job interview they want detail. They, ask they don't want yes or no answers like yeah. they want to know the very intricate thoughts of why you're saying what you're saying by the time you finish talking about one point, you might have absolutely forgot the second and third ones you wanted to talk about. So just take a note of them. Like, they'll actually prefer to say, well, this person knows what they need to succeed. This person knows they need to write something down and take notes. Like, and they were prepared and they came with a notepad and pen to do that. Like, they know their strengths, they know their weaknesses. Mm-hmm. I also, I don't know if you do this, but I also have, like, mock interviews with myself in my head before I go in. I try to, but then I'm yeah. just like, I sounded amazing. <laughs> yeah I'm like I've got the job I can't believe it um, I'm not actually going to turn up because they'll just give it to me anyway um, but I always do this like the morning of the interview or whatever in the shower I'm always like think of the job description think of everything they could possibly ask you and think of examples of everything you've done um as well as like the classic ones like have you ever worked in a team and then I just Never. list all the I don't teams agree I've with ever them. worked in <laughs> I wanted um, to work with this horrible girl called Katie <laughs> absolute scared yeah. um, <laughs> um I d- and like the hardest question ever asked in any interview and some people will ask it some people won't but like normally they ask it as like a a calm you down question like you get in there and they ask it trying to like make you feel better I always feel it, like instantly worse. Not tell me about yourself is it? tell us a little bit about yourself yeah. and I'm like I don't I'm not actually a per- like I'm not a conscious like yeah I'm I don't know what I am Apart All from desperate for this have job, no hobbies and interests. And I remember one interview. They went, "What do you do in your spare time?" And I just went, "I go to the National Trust." Like what? I've toured all the National Trust locations yeah. in the northeast of England, and I do like the National Trust, but I wouldn't say I'm that into it. Like... 
<laughs> I mean, just start, I go to Beamish a lot. Yeah, just Beamish. <laughs> Little um, Beamish. I've got my year pass. I go every week. <laughs> and then the other thing I always say, because it is true, but you'd never be able to tell, is I do go to the gym and I do enjoy exercise. But every time I say that, I interviews will look at me like, are you sure, hun? <laughs> I'm always like, I like sports. Yeah. Not playing them myself, but watching just other watching people them. play them. Wimbledon's a highlight. Just like Wimbledon, <laughs> football's on, Olympics, whack it on. I'm a pro in every sport when it comes to the Olympics. Literally, three minutes of commentary and I'm like, that dive was bad. That yeah. was a bad... Me, never done a proper dive in my life, apart from a life-saving one. But I'm like, there's a lot of splash on that entry. It's like Less when we watch Strictly though, isn't it? That's but we are strictly pros yeah we're all pigeon toed tonight <laughs> <laughs> that would be i'd love to work i don't know what capacity i would have to work on strictly but i would love to work on strictly and i don't actually have a career goal but i do think have places you'd like to work no i just think getting strictly. on strictly might be my only thing <laughs> <laughs> so you are going to become a florist to the royal family so that you can achieve your ultimate career goal of appearing on strictly come dancing and my final dance would be the Doble, i think you'd smash it yeah. i know you would i'd be in the front row i'd hope you wouldn't invite carla i hope you'd invite me no i'd always invite you don't worry thank you very much you know i'm i'm your biggest fan oh thanks <laughs> <laughs> but um I think that's maybe all I've got to say on the graduate mm-hmm. job hunt and reliving that traumatic period of my life. And uh, Have you got anything else you want to add? Just remember, if you are going through it currently, you're not alone. And even if like you're in a job you don't like, there's always a way to get to your dream job. It might just yeah. take longer than you think. Because some yeah. people like, don't get the dream job until they're like 50. Yeah. Definitely. And like, if it does come, if, if you think, right, and I know what my dream job is and I know it's not this and it seems so far away, just think, right, what do I need to do or to be or to have in order to get that job and make yourself a plan? If it's you need an extra qualification, right, give yourself two years. If it's something you can do in two years, give yourself two years to get that. Definitely. If it's you need something else, like if you need to work on this, like, ask for extra responsibilities for the job you're in, ask for the relevant experience you're going to need um, and just say, like, uh, I want this type of job and I want to work up towards it. And most places will be, like, happy that you've shown the kind of... the That initiative. The, the initiative, that was yeah. the word I was looking for. Now you said ingenuity and I went, that is not the word I'm aiming for at all. I would have let you have it, you know. <laughs> thank you I appreciate your support but yeah like the the initiative to say this is what I want Uh and help me get that um but yeah no that I think that's everything on grad job hunts from me yeah definitely thank you for having me it's been fun thank thank you for coming on I think it's uh it's been good it's been lovely to talk to you yeah and hopefully Um, some people hear it that might need to hear it to know they're not and they'll feel motivated and then we'll have our own Netflix show where we do join the cast of Queer Eye. And then I get on Strictly and, and then you get on Strictly. out well. <laughs> Again, remember, you got to exploit those opportunities. Yeah. <laughs> right, well, no, thank you so much for coming on, Anna, and you never know, we might have you on again soon. Oh, thank you. We could do the Year Abroad special. There's some incredible stories to be told about the Year Abroad, so I will <laughs> bring you on for the Year Abroad because <laughs> it's actually, I never went on it, but I feel like I experienced it. I feel like it, you lived it with And it me. was my favourite part of my life, your Year Abroad. <laughs> oh dear, but yeah, thank you so much. No worries. Um, join us next time on Talking With.